0: The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are with your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist Heather Brittany. Define your vision. Discover your passion and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now.
2: Never say never, live your Well, ho, 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 and Merry Christmas, Happy
3: Hanukkah.
4: And a very cheery Kwanzaa to all our power partners out there. I'm Cynthia Bryan. (laughs) And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are, coming to you from Santa's sleigh today. (laughs) In that crazy world of shopping and cars and all of that, we are a program of positive and expert advice, and we hope that you're going to have fun with us today. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you for writing, speaking, and media interviews. Call 925-377-STAR or visit StarStyleProductions.com to book your session and you can be the star you are. And This is from Walt Whitman. To me, every hour of the day and the night is an unspeakably perfect miracle. Well, I think that fits well, because when I think of this time of year, I think this is the time of year that we're celebrating the birth of hope and love and joy and peace and fun, and we hope that you are doing that as well. It's December 20th, tomorrow's December 21st, 2012, and supposedly the end of the world, according to the Mayan calendar, and in segment three, we're going to talk about, is this our last day on earth? And if it is, we might as well celebrate, yes. And, of course, when we do, we may spill a little bit of wine, but don't worry. I'm going to give you a miracle cleanup that you have in your cupboard. But coming right up in health matters, Heather is going to be introducing us to something that is a little more serious. And it doesn't really have to do with the season, but maybe with what we want to look at for the new year. Because there are many parents of children who have died or been injured while being manhandled, locked up, held down, or something in a public school system, and these parents are fighting back. So Heather wants to bring us this traumatic information to see how far is too far when it comes to disciplining kids. So Heather, what's happening with what they call the deadly discipline in kids in schools? What schools are doing it? What's happening? Yeah,
3: so I first found out about this I was watching um an ADT show, uh, Nightline and it was called Students Hurt Dying After Being Restrained. And uh i had never really seen it before. I mean we've no school doesn't really exist in school anymore. We think of kids being punished, you know, getting slapped on the hand, um, or spanged or things like that. It seems like there's been so much uh lit- you know, uh litigation and rules and all this stuff against, you know, teachers touching in any kind of way like that, but it seems that this still is happening into more extreme cases where this is being presented um, within schools that specialize in special needs children. Um, and this is saying a lot of them have um, behavioral issues, so they act out, you know, they, they have troubles restraining um, their actions, and extreme restraints of being put upon these kids and what was happening in some cases that um, there was a high frequency of actual death occurring. Now there's new lawsuits going on. They showed videos of this, of uh, you know, this sixteen-year-old. Um, uh, yeah, there before
4: you. You said sorry, they're, be, they're being held in. You said they're being held in restraints. Yeah, various clients. So what's happening is.
3: Um, the kids. I mean, there's a one way of restraining if someone, you know, just holding them, you know, and you know, so they're not fighting back. And these people were literally being ganged up on by teachers, being held down, you know, hands almost like hog tight. Um, there was, a, they had uh, a big body bag. Um, and that uh they would put kids in this double bag looking that the teachers claim you know that it isn't um inhumane, that it has breathing holes, but basically they were zipping these kids up in body bags to restrain them. Um, they also had uh, a padded room um, that they called the screen room and this is actually fairly common in some schools that specialize in um you know, extreme behavioral issues, children, Um, these screen rooms that basically it's a tie lock room and they would lock the kids in there because the kids would be having a tempered change room. And you know, the kids would kick and scream really time, so they wouldn't be harming themselves. But they would be in there for all day and the psychological damage was doing this and
4: one mother was saying, And what about you know, like were they allowed out to uh, to eat, to go to the restroom, or were they just locked up just like no, they were? No, that's what I was they were printers. to
3: get to is that no, that they weren't and one mother brought that to attention is that it, it's not these kids weren't being put in a timeout. you know, you sit there for kids, but they were in there um, you know from ten AM in the morning. To 3:30 when they when they were released from school, and one mother was saying that you know her son was um, forced to stay in the room the entire day, and you know that they, they brought him his lunch in there and he ate his lunch off the floor in there. Well, also since he wasn't released from the room, he had urinated on the floor. So now you know it's inhumane. It, it, he was eating from off the floor that you know, defecate defecated on, basically. Um, you know, so it's one thing that these children are being treated like animals. Um, you know, the animals even receive better treatment than this, and all because, you know, they have behavioral issues. A lot of them were extreme cases. Um, they, the children just have autism. But, you know, the children have a hard time on their own just doing this, but instead of talking out or, you know, holding their hands, they're physically locking. you know, that is, Causing something that's going to traumatize children,
4: and what's happening
3: is because there are.
4: This sounds uh, like really inhumane. It sounds very inhumane. It doesn't sound like they're treating them like human beings. You know, I mean, it, and that's what that's what really bothers me about this because these are accredited schools, right? These are schools that are supposed to specialize in helping children with disabilities. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, that's the same too. But
3: um, a lot of times, you know, these are privately funded schools. Um, and it, yeah, because they're being restrained and it's traumatizing to say that many children they were interviewing some children, um, and that you know, that some just have learning disabilities, and that they feel, you know, threatened, traumatized, nightmares that they were injured during it. When your child goes to school, they shouldn't be injured, especially at at the their teachers. And in and many things, this is all completely legal. So many people have been, you know, coming in the tent, And the first thing you know, school has been getting a lot of attention in you know, the um, past month. You know, we had a terrible tragedy that um, occurred at the school, the, the shooting. And, and people, you know, are trying to make school, make sure that school is the safest place for their children that, you know, it's a, it's a positive learning environment and then it's safe for them. Well, you know, we worry about all these outside things of shooters, of bullies, and we never think that the person that could possibly cause the most, is the most harm is the teachers. So, Lancelot and you know, and um, legislation has been uh, brought up about this, but still nothing, it's all still very legal. There's been, you know, federal um, cases that have been settled outside of court, um, but still, it's, still occurring every day and I have no idea about this because it was just so heartbreaking um, because these kids were you know absolutely traumatized it. and you know, trying to find a way to, to stop with that. So I think, you know, sort of for parents if they are speaking out of school um, that specializes, you know, that has special needs to find out um, what kind of things go on at the school. If they have these if they have these, you know, screen rooms or if the school um you know, use it as an okay matter that you know they they were afraid the child would act out, so they you know restrain them these bags or and all this. And I would
4: definitely you know talk with your teachers, talk with the school first, find out if they have these things. If you Heather, that, can and you can make site visits, right? I mean, can't you go and request uh, that you uh, visit uh, the site? And is there any list? I mean, is there like a blacklist at all, or any list of schools who have been disciplined or who have had teachers? That have been disciplined. I mean, is there any, like, website that people they, it, can go to? That's through? all, it's all legal. This is, it's, um, as it's all legal.
3: Saying, this is
4: all legal. They're
3: not doing any unlawful acts right now. So, but the, the best way, um, you know, there, there is, um, legislation being written about it right now about parents who are speaking out. Um, it's some, I don't have the actual numbers for it. If you just Google it, you can find it. Um, or go, you know, go to ABC and watch the video, and they'll have additional links for it Because all these parents are um, just standing up for their children now, because they don't want what's happened to their children to happen to any other children, and really trying to bring it to people's attention because people aren't aware of it, or it's something that schools view that they're using correct force that they that they thought that you know that if the child's acting out, they could potentially harm themselves or harm others, but they're actually being harmed by their teacher, um, if not physically. Mentally as well, that's absolutely horrifying and humiliating, you know, to be locked into a room, basically locked into a cage or restraint, you know, one was um, saying her child was, his hands were tied up. Well, and to I would think it'd be walking.
4: extremely frightening for children. You know, I, I would, I would be frightened, you know, if I was locked in a room. I mean, that, that's just, it's unacceptable behavior for, for anyone. I can't believe that this is legal. Our are the parents banning together to attempt um, to outlaw this or something? Well, so has there been many
3: parents have gone here to Capitol Hill to try to because we um, because so much stuff, you know, it was all so outside of court, things can't be you know, videos can't be shown. Um, and they're just trying to bring public awareness. So the parents that have gotten together, um, and it's throughout many different states, you know, trying to find others to have um shared similar stories. And if if there is anyone out there just um, I really just, want to just go to um, this nightline, to ABC's nightline, to, to watch the video, and you can find the links and how to get involved with everything um, because yeah, it is something that isn't well-known. Just people don't always feel this stuff exists anymore. Um, so I think it's really important if you're starting a school, if you're starting a school, um, if your child is does have any special needs, um, I would definitely recommend doing a site visit and find out what um, kind of policies, if that's something that your school believe in um, and if not you, have to, you know if so you have to see if, if you're comfortable with that if um, I personally would not I think that's a horrifying I, I think it's you know really um, barbaric and uh, you know inhumane really towards children and you have to think of the long and of not just the physical of how this is emotionally going to scar them later on in life.
4: Um, I would right, consider- and that could scar them forever. Well, this is an important, um, an important health matters because as we go into a new year, it gives parents an opportunity to really make sure that their children are at a school that it is a safe, nurturing, encouraging, positive environment and are not, you know, they're not put it being put into these restraints or seclusion rooms. So I'm sure there is going to be some national support for legislation against these activities because although they may be legal now, as you said, they're inhumane and they, they're life-threatening. Many children have died, and on top of that, it is not only humiliating to the children, but it could cause lifetime issues for them that were horrible. Did you just want to wrap it up, Heather? Yeah, most
3: definitely. I just to try to end with a positive note. I watched the news this morning here in Los Angeles um, because, as we know, California school system is really failing. We're really, they're just constantly cutting budgets. And there was a wonderful co-op school um, in Los Angeles that, because the arts have been cut out of so many of, of the schools from kindergarten, K through 12, There's a small, um, privately funded co-op that buses kids in every afternoon that does uh, drama and art and writing, and it was a wonderful feature today, and they were just really expressing how getting kids involved in drama and theater at a young age really allows them, you know, to take risks, to share creativity and really go out there, and so it was really uplifting for me to see teachers that were so passionate about um, bettering the life and seeing how the arts can better their children's life, and it's Stimulating to everyone all the way around. So anyone can you know. But again, if you're interested in what we're talking about today about um, the dangers of these restraint rooms, um, just log on, go to Google to, or to Nightline as well, find out. Yeah, you can get involved. And um, I know there's online petitions you can sign to use to make this um, a better issue, so it's no longer something that we're talking about.
4: Oh, well, this is wonderful and I'm really happy to hear about the special that was on television in Los Angeles this morning because of course we are all about the arts. We want, you know, we want kids to be creative and and to get into at least my experience with acting and writing and drawing and dancing and singing. When I've worked with kids for all these years, it just brings their imagination out and it raises their self-esteem. So I'm really happy every time I hear that there's anyone that is out there encouraging that because I still think that we spend way too much time worrying about getting into the right college and uh, taking courses that we May never need, as opposed to really expressing ourselves, and it's important to do what we love. Well, before we go to break, so are you all ready for the holidays? Are you ready for Christmas? Oh yeah,
3: I can't wait! Soon we'll be up in the snow. I'm very excited about that. It's been freezing down here, so uh, going to even colder place of Lake Tahoe, but I think it should be just wonderful. And hopefully this year we're going to have a white Christmas
4: definitely a white christmas well again okay well thank you heather for health matters for being on the show today and so ho 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 (laughs) ho yeah i have to get the sleigh going i got to get the sleigh going because we're going to be going into segment two and when we come back, we're going to whine a lot, and you're going to find some tips on during the holidays, if you make any kind of mistakes, how we can fix them, and we'll talk about the years of holiday memories, and lots of different things of uh, celebrating different holidays, and wh- what the traditions are all about. So my name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather baby. And you can find out more about us at StarStyleRadio.com and more about the charity Be The Star You Are at BeTheStarYouAre.org. Don't go away. I'll be right back with another segment on Star Style, Be The The Star You Are. Whenever a natural disaster occurs, Be The Star You Are charity mobilizes to get books, DVDs, videos, games, and other resources to the victims through our Operation Disaster Relief Program. With the terrible devastation caused by Hurricane Sandy, Be The Star You Are has launched Operation Hurricane Sandy Relief to ship resources to the East Coast. You can make a difference in the lives of someone in need. Make a donation today. It's kids helping kids. Be The Star You Are is collaborating with Angels of God that is a nonprofit profit founded by our 15-year-old Express Yourself teen reporter and co-host, Caitlin Darrow. Angels of God will distribute all the resources collected and ship them to the facilities to the residents in need. Visit www.btsya.org. That website again is www.btsya.org. And thanks for your support. Everyone, can
2: Be the star you are, light up the flames that burn. Mmm.
5: Express Yourself.
2: This business of show
5: business is calling out to me. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan.
4: So let me pull up my flag here. <laughs> Well, as the holiday season approaches ever nearer, we're all excited to celebrate the joy of giving and receiving. Thank you for staying with us here on Star Style, so Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am celebrating today with you. So we hope that you are having a happy holiday, um, at, at whatever it is that you're celebrating. Now, even though Christmas is the most commonly known holiday in December, there are a few other holidays that are very popular. The origins of Hanukkah remain a mystery to many people, although it celebrates a victorious revolt that liberated the Jewish people in the second century BC. And it was led by a name, um, a man named Judas Maccabee. And the Jewish were able to successfully return to their holy temple in Jerusalem. And as tradition states, the menorah had to be lit to purify the temple. But there was only enough oil to last one day, and miraculously the oil ended up sustaining the flame for eight days and nights, which is honored today by thousands of Jewish households when they're lighting their menorah every night. So this is something that celebrates, and especially you know, teens love to celebrate Hanukkah because it's a time of miracles, and it's a time to appreciate the freedom now, Kwanzaa is uh, another holiday that is, is celebrated in December. But a lot of people, again, don't really know its actual purpose. It was actually, it's a new holiday. It was only established in 1966. To recognize the African culture, it is a seven-day celebration with seven core values. Unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose creativity and faith and then during the week there is a kanara or a candle holder that has seven candles in it and they're lit to represent those principles there are three red candles on the left three green ones on the right and one black candle in the center so this is a uh, a a cultural uh, a cultural holiday that many many people around the world also celebrate And, you know, many of the schools have diversity clubs uh, that I think are really important because it's important to learn about other cultures and traditions and not be narrow-minded, especially since the United States is becoming more and more diverse every year with all the different nationalities, religions, races, et cetera, of people here. So no matter what you celebrate, this is the season of light and joy, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa. Or any other observance that you may have, you know, Sinterklaas or on uh, December, in the early part of December, remember that while the traditions vary, the spirit remains the same. So we really want you to enjoy it. And we know that you're right smack in the middle of holiday festivities, with um, especially with Christmas, Kwanzaa, and Hanukkah. And it's interesting what is on your holiday table really decides. Or is determined by where you live. So these are the most asked for festive dishes, and the states where they're the most popular. And this is according to um, searches on Google. So this isn't like a statistic; it's just Google searches and what what uh, turns up the most per state. And what's interesting about this this list is that it's not very surprising. I think when you hear it, you'll go, "Huh, oh, that makes sense." So in Alaska, people crave eggnog. In California, it's Dungeness crab. And I know it's crab season right now here in Northern California and that is something that we are all enjoying and we always have it at the holidays. In Georgia, it's honey baked ham. In Massachusetts, it's latkes. In Mississippi, pecan pie. In North Carolina, fruit cake. And I wonder what kind of fruit cake. I, I like to make a persimmon cake. That's fun. In Oregon, peppermint bark. In Pennsylvania, gingerbread men. In Utah, hot cocoa, hot chocolate. In Vermont, it's apple cider. In Wisconsin, Christmas cookies of all kinds. And in Wyoming, you would have never guessed, it's prime rib. (laughs) So while we're talking about high, um, about treats, holiday treats, you know, it's one thing not to cry over spilled hot chocolate. Or milk, but it's an entirely different scenario to hold back the tears when you spill a full glass of red wine on your white carpet or any color carpet. And with the holidays and the parties going on, it's probably inevitable that you're not going to spill something. So what can you do to remove red wine stains from your area rugs, your carpet or your clothing? Well, I actually learned this by having it happen to my husband just a couple weeks ago where he took a full glass of red wine, walked upstairs in the total darkness carrying his briefcase and all his books and ran smack into a door that was shut and it was totally dark and um, red wine everywhere. I had just had the carpets clean, they looked beautiful and sparkling and it was horrible. So despite his uh, yelling and screaming and cursing, I thought, okay, I just have to go. Go into fix it mood and this is what I did and it worked beautifully and the carpet doesn't have a spot on it. So you take a clean cloth and you dab the spill to get out any excess wine and dab it, not rub it. And that's, at, and we're talking carpet, rugs, clothing, any kind of fiber. Once you have the majority of the spill blotted, then you were going to go in and tackle the stains with some stain weapons that you have right in your house. Now, you might have clothing stain remover or you might have carpet shampoo, and those might be good for uh, cleaning out wine. There is a product out on the market that's a, a wine remover that works really well. But here's what I think is just fantastic, and people call it like the MacGyver wine stain removal di- uh, solution because it's based on what you have a Available in your house. So here are some stain removers that you have in your house that will remove red wine and many other stains. Hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, soda ash, vinegar, club soda, salt, white wine. Now I know that sounds weird to pour white wine on red wine, but that it that really helps. And then, of course, the product, if you want to buy um, a, a, a brand product. They have this thing called wine away, which does work. But let's, I want to tell you what I did. I just used the hydrogen peroxide and the baking soda. So what happened is, is the, the, I blotted up the red wine. There was still, it was red everywhere. It was just terrible. Then I took the hydrogen peroxide and literally poured it gently on the spot. Now you can take a spray bottle and, and spray a a lot of hydrogen peroxide on it. Then I took the box of baking soda and I I sprinkled baking soda over the hydrogen peroxide so that it covered it. So that was its first wet, then it has the baking soda over it. I let it sit for maybe five minutes and then I got a white washcloth with, um, with water and blotted it. And then after that, I actually started scrubbing it. And you might have to do it once or, you know, a couple times at the most maybe. But what was amazing is it literally lifted all of the red wine out of it. And then I put a clean towel, a white towel over it, let it soak in some more and did the process again until it was done and then vacuumed up the rest. If you have, if you have a wet vac, it's even better. You can vacuum it when it's wet, but if not, wait till it dries a little bit. So, Another idea, if you, uh, I mean, everybody should have baking soda and everybody has hydrogen peroxide. If not, make sure you pick it up uh, anytime, especially New Year's coming. But another thing you can do with red wine, although I don't like pouring one alcohol on another, is um, you can pour white wine. I mean, but why waste a good bottle of wine? But you can pour white wine on it because what white wine does is it neutralizes the red wine and then it'll make it easier to lift the color. So if you don't have something just pour the white wine over it. The w- stain is probably still going to be visible. And then you could add either salt or baking soda. Now club soda is another good thing that you can pour on a stain because the carbonation helps to lift the stain from all the fibers. And then the salt acts as a buffer to keep the stain from setting. So keep that, keep salt. You can keep club soda. Now vinegar does a nice job of neutralizing purple pigments and it can be combined with either soap or soda. So you could apply some laundry soap or some uh, um, uh, club soda directly over the vinegar and then let it soak in and then rinse and wash. So those are just a couple of ideas. A salt um, can be poured just directly on any stain and that usually just pulls it right up. So hopefully that is helpful for you. Uh, if you are spilling, I hope that you don't, but if you do. Now, do you remember things for the, in the last few years, a few, few years, 50 years of holiday memories? I mean, there's no doubt about it. December always brings a blizzard of activity. But if anybody listening has been around for 50 years or even a few of those years, listen to how different it's been since the sixties. In the 60s, Bob Hope was performing for the troops. And on the hi-fi, Nat King Cole was singing the Christmas song. On the tube, Charlie Brown, Rudolph Frosty, and the Grinch brothers. And in the theaters it was Babes in Toyland, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. And under the flocked tree, they flocked trees then, there were Hot Wheels, Easy Bake Ovens, and Etch-A-Sketch. Then the 70s came along. And the uh, what people were doing is Polaroid uh, photos were really big. So a lot of people were getting Polaroid cameras. They had eight track players in the 70s and people were listening to the Jackson 5 Christmas album on the tube. It was the Waltons and the homecoming and in the theaters it was Scrooge with Albert Finney and Alec Guinness And under the tree were Pet Rocks, Legos, and Wonder Woman dolls, and Atari 2600. And I bet you all of those things are valuable now. And I remember that Pet Rock, how people, when that came out, it sold millions. It made the guy who discovered it a multi-multi-millionaire. And everyone was saying, why didn't I think of that? And all it was was a, a, a rock that was packaged, and it was given a name, and they called it a Pet Rock. So you could have gotten it anywhere. In the 80s, people started cutting down their own trees. Then they had cassette players. So we went from eight tracks to cassettes. And it was Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid was playing. On the tube, it was Roots, The Gift, and Johnny Carson's Fruitcake Jokes. And in the theaters was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and Scrooged. And I think National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is still a favorite for people to watch at Christmas. And Under the Tree were Transformers and Cabbage Patch dolls, uh, and also that Rubik's Cube. I don't know if you already remember that. But again, all of these things are collectibles now. In the 90s, Merry Christmas gave way to secular Happy Holidays. Think about that. It's not often that people say Merry Christmas anymore. Most people say Happy Holidays or have a great season, because nobody wants to be offensive to people who are celebrating Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. So that started in the 90s. In the 90s, we got CD players, and the special song was Celine Dion, and it was These Are Special Times. On the tube, it was Seinfeld's Festivus for the Rest of Us episode, and Elmo Saves Christmas. And in the theaters, oh, goodness, here we were, Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, and The Santa Claus. And under the tree were the Beanie Babies, Pokemon, and Furbies. Now we come to the 2000s, and now people, what they're thinking about is they decide whether they're going to go green or are they going to get an artificial tree. Are they going to put a tree that's in a pot or not have a tree? So the green movement is big. These days, people have iPods and iPhones, and music on their smartphones. And so people are listening to Harry for the Holidays, Harry Connick Jr. And instead of tubes and TVs, we have flat screens, Marathon of a Christmas Story and um, James Bond movies. And in the theaters, it was Elf, Polar Express, Bad Santa, and of course, all the Harry Potters. And under the trees in 2000 was the Wii, gift cards, and Razor Scooters. So that's 50 years of looking back at uh, how people have celebrated the holidays. So how things change and how they stay the same. Kind of fun. A very quick, um, information about winterizing your wonderland. You don't want to get stuck with the impossible with you have, you know, if it's really cold out there. And I know here in Northern California, although today it was sunny where we've been in the thirties. And in um, nor- more northern, and Lake Tahoe up there, they have a lot of snow. So just to make sure to check around your doors, you can always place a rolled up towel uh, around a drafty door. Because according to the U.S. Department of Energy, decreasing drafts reduces your energy use by 30%. And on the ceiling, you can reverse the direction of your ceiling fans if you have a fan. And that way you'll be pushing the warm air downward. Um, Online, there's lots of free stuff. Some states are offering energy saver incentives like free programmable thermostats or insulation updates. So visit the Database of State Incentives for Renewables and Efficiency, um, and you might find some deals that you can fix your house or apartment at dsireusa.org. That's dsireusa.org. If um, if you are if you are uh, in snow country, you're going to want to have snow tires because you will have some increased traction, and that'll help you with stopping power. In um, in in your house, rearrange your furniture to make sure that your heating vents aren't blocked. And if you have an attic, make sure you have at least 12 inches of insulation lining your attic, and that'll keep the heat from escaping through the roof. So. Those are just some tips for winter rising, your home wonderland. And we're going to be going to break. And when we come back, we're going to have more holiday information. Let me get on my Santa sleigh. Oh, I've got my Santa hat on. I'll be back in a minute. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Woo! The star you
2: are. The star you are.
1: business bikes here's Cynthia Bryan
4: Winston Churchill said the optimist sees opportunities in every danger while the pessimist sees danger in every opportunity this Christmas decide to look at life from another perspective a positive perspective you cannot choose what happens to you or what happens around you but you can always choose how you react to what happens to you choose to have a positive attitude Attitude is 10% what happens to you and 90% what you do with it. Remember, attitude determines altitude. So this holiday season, share the gift of a positive attitude. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your profits into passions. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from StarStyle. For more information about StarStyle, visit starstyleproductions.com or call 925-377-STAR. Be the star
2: you are Light up the flames It burns
0: Make a world of difference In a world of differences When you support Be the Star You Are 501c3 A literacy and positive media charity Dedicated to empowering women, families and youth Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org To make a tax-deductible donation today Everyone counts Donate today be the star you are. dot or
2: Be the lucky star you
5: Two seven. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are.
0: Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827.
2: Be the star you are, you are the star.
5: Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany.
4: Well, welcome back to our holiday show. The sleigh is pulling in, and Rudolph's got his red nose shining, and it's a holly jolly. And I hope that you are having a holly jolly week and a rest of the month. Well, it is December 20th today, and according to the Mayan calendar, the world will officially end tomorrow, December 21st, twenty. Hollywood has done blockbuster films about it. The History Channel has a whole series about it. There are many authors, including my own literary agent, who who have written best-selling books about it. And anyone who worries can't seem to help stop talking about it. Of course, we all thought the same with Y2K and nothing happened. So what do you think? That's what's most important. I am always an eternal optimist. And I don't believe that the world's ending tomorrow, but if it does, it's been a great run and I'm doing exactly what I love to do, so I'm not a bit worried. But let's talk a little bit about the Mayans and why do we think that we should be believing this calendar or all this hype that we hear that is all in the papers, etc. The Mayans were actually a, a black magic kind of blood cult that practiced human sacrifice just like the Romans that sacrificed a 100,000 people a year. Um, and that was the Romans sacrificed 100,000 people a year in the Colosseum. But most have never heard of the cruelty aspects of the Mayans who got power and and they actually, say, got pleasure from torture. Their kings existed on the slave labor of thousands upon thousands of indigenous people that they captured. Obviously, if the Nazis had created a calendar and said, Um, and predicted the end of the world would be on Hitler's birthday, for example, um, maybe on 20th of April, people would laugh at it. But the Mayans were just as brutal, if not more brutal, and they were much less evolved than society is today. So the idea that the Mayan civilization, with their sacrificial rituals, could predict the end of the world is a little bit far-fetched by authorities who have studied them. The fear that the Mayan prophecy creates in the global mind or the collective unconsciousness and the films that it has spawned help to create this collapse of our thought process. And While that collapse might be economic, we know that we have all these cliffs going on right now. It just could be an emotional collapse of stability or a breakdown of confidence in our systems. And anyway, it's still a collapse. So this the prophecy actually becomes somewhat self-fulfilling. And because of that, any prophecy is dangerous. So for example, for the remainder of 2012, we're probably going to see oil uh, prices rock. And the financial world is, has been pretty upside down. I mean, and look at even stocks now. My favorite stock, Apple is, in torment at the moment despite the fact that the stores are packed and things are selling the stock isn't doing well so the world as we know it may be changing but the chances of the Mayan cults calendar being right about the world having the apocalypse tomorrow are probably pretty close to zip zero nada But the Mayan culture ended abruptly and it disappeared Obviously, they couldn't predict their own end, so why should we be thinking that the world would end? Some information on the calendar. It was used in pre-Columbian, the Mesoamerican era, and it was based on a lunar count with Venus's progression through the skies. So they had a short count. It was 52 years. In those days, 52 years was like the maximum lifetime of a man. And their long count was 5,136 years. So they started it at some arbitrary date, and I don't know why that was. It was at um, 3,114 B.C., and then that takes us to December 2012. So if it was 3,114 B.C., then tomorrow, the 21st, is 5,136 years. John Normack of the University of California at Santa Barbara says that the solar calendar of the Mayans and the Gregorian calendar may be 60 days out. The high, high was the, the Mayan solar calendar, which was made up of 18 months, and each month had 20 days plus a period of five days, which were called nameless days at the end of the year, and they called them in, um, It was it's spelled either W-A-Y-E-B, like Y-E-B, or U-A-Y-E-B, and that was in the 16th century when they changed that to U-A-Y-E-B. But the five days of Wyab were thought to be a very dangerous time, and during Wyab, the portals between the mortal realm and the underworld dissolved, so there were no boundaries that prevented all the bad deities and the bad souls from causing natural disasters or mayhem with people. So to ward off the evil spirits, the Mayans had a customs and a ritual that they practiced during Wayab. And what they did is people would avoid leaving their houses. They would stop washing or combing their hair. Uh, they would, they, they believe that it started basically, started being used around 550 BC at, during the winter solitus, which that's where we are right now. And supposedly, if you did these rituals and customs, then you would be spared. So they had their human sacrifices that they practiced during this Wyab, and they would offer the death of humans and blood to ward off the evil spirit. So this was just all part of their suspicions and what we call today black um, black magic. So with this Mayan suspicion out of the way, Um, Let's just talk about something that is a little bit more, I think it's uplifting and it's a little bit funny because I came across this. Someone sent this to me. So that, that is about the world ending. If the world ends, I want to end on a smile. If any of you have gone to church, and you get the bulletins. There's always a bulletin at church where they hand it out to you as you're leaving, or sometimes you get it when you're coming in, and then you read it during the service. You're not supposed to. But very often, there are a lot of typos in it, and those typos are funny because you can leave out one word, like instead of saying hello, if you leave off the O, you have hell, or you you have incorrect grammar or incorrect sentence structure, and it completely changes it. So these are a few of uh, actual church bulletin notices where there were just a little bit of, um, you know, not correct sentence structure. The fasting and prayer conference includes meals. The sermon this morning, Jesus walks on water. The sermon tonight, searching for Jesus. <laughs> Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of all those pesky items not worth keeping around the house. Bring your husbands. (laughs) Don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. Miss Charlene Mason saying, I will not pass this way again, giving obvious pleasure to the congregation. For those of you who have children and don't know it, We have a nursery downstairs. (laughs) It's funny how you write these things and you never think that this is, you know, what it's going to be like. Irving Benson and Jesse Carter were married on October 24th in the church. So ends a great friendship that began in their school years. The Boy Scouts are saving aluminum cans, bottles, and other items to be recycled. Proceeds will be used to cripple children. (laughs) Please place your donation in the envelope along with the deceased person you want remembered. Um, I can just imagine that one happened. Uh, potluck supper on Sunday at 5, prayer and medication to follow. The ladies of the church have cast off their clothing of every kind. They may be found in the basement on Friday afternoon. This evening at 7 p.m., there will be a hymn singing in the park across from the church. Bring a blanket and come prepared to sin. Obviously, they forgot the G on the word sing and they want you to come prepared sin, be prepared to sin and bring a blanket. Uh, the pastor would appreciate it if the ladies of the congregation would lend him their electric girdles for the pancake breakfast next Sunday. Yes, it was supposed to be griddles. It is girdles. The eighth graders will be presenting Shakespeare's Hamlet in the church basement Friday at seven. The congregation is invited to attend the tragedy. Weight watchers will meet at seven at the First Presbyterian Church. Please use the double large doors at the side entrance. And the associate minister unveiled the church's new campaign slogan last Sunday. I upped my pledge, up yours. So I don't, I thought those were pretty funny. I read them to my mom at our Christmas celebration this last week because she's always picking up these kinds of bulletins. And what was funny is she didn't think it was so funny, but I still got a good chuckle out of it. And that is good. Well, if you haven't made any donations yet, just don't forget that this is the season of giving and there are still days left before the end of the year to get your tax, de- uh, tax deduction. So consider Be the Star You Are. We are still working on Hurricane Sandy. We're still shipping out books. We hope to do it at least for another month because our resource, Caitlin from Express Yourself in uh, New Jersey, says that the shelters are still asking for lots of books and things. So we're still trying to help. So if you can help us, that would be great. Visit btsya.org. You can make the donation by PayPal. You can send a donation... Uh, by mail, P.O. Box 376, Moraga, California, 94556. And we will make sure to um, get you a tax receipt. And, again, we, you can just visit the, the other website, be bethestarur.org. Now, many of you might be having guests over for the holidays. And chances are your home may be the outpost for a traveler or two. So, of course, we want to keep everything joyful and peaceful. And this might be a good idea to help get a guest room ready. So, by you want to create like a five-star experience for your guests. That doesn't take a lot of money, but it takes creativity, effort, maybe just a little imagination. No, you don't want them to stay for a month, but a couple of days, you might as well let them live in some comfort style luxury. And so, there's here's a few touches you can do. As many of you know, I've been an interior designer for many, many years. And so these are some fun things that that you might uh, just to to make maybe an ugly space into something a little bit more preferable. Um, when you have when I have guests over, I always again being a literacy charity, we always have lots of books. So besides having you know the fluffy the fluffy pillows and the nice clean sheets and flowers in the room. I always like to have a couple of books and some reading material for them, as well as maps of the area in case they would like to go on a little trip um, on their own or I'm going to be working. Always keep uh, extra blankets handy, um, a change of sheets available in case they may need that. And, uh, you know, make sure that they have, that you have maybe some candles for them. It's some kind of aromatherapy that would be a good a good uh, sleep inducer, and you might want to stock the nightstand with some of the essentials like shampoo, conditioner, lotion, all the things that you would get if you went to a nice hotel. I know guests, you know, they might want to have a Kleenex. You might, they, you may want to show them where the outlets are for their plugs, or if you, or how if they can, uh, how they can get to the internet. Almost everybody is taking their internet with them. Also, you want to have glasses in there, drinking water in a flask or a bottle, um, paper and pens, and uh, and also a good reading light. If they there's going to be closet space, make sure that you give them some hangers. You want them to have places to store things. And there's nothing worse than going to stay at somebody's house and you have no place to unpack. I think that's why I like to stay at a hotel and in addition just take a look around the bathroom make sure that nothing is moldy or dirty that you have an extra toothbrush, razor, hair dryer soaps all of the things that is going to make you know make it comfortable for them and plenty of towels life is very short and we want to share the beautiful moments and we want to provide comfort to those that we care about so you have a choice when you are inviting guests to stay with you So you want their experience to be a nice one. So make sure that you provide them with a couple of snacks, flowers, candles, and an enjoyable experience. Well, it is time for us to end our holiday show. And we want to thank you all for being such great listeners and letting Heather and I be your personal growth coaches Every week you can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more about Star Style Productions, I am booking coaching sessions for 2013. Call me at 925-377-STAR. Email Cynthia at star-style.com. The charity is taking donations uh, and you don't have to just help Hurricane Sandy. It can be targeted to send books to a charity, a school, a shelter of your choice. So, Make a donation, btsya.org or be the star you org. I hope that you have a very blessed and happy, happy Christmas, a wonderful Hanukkah and a cheery Kwanzaa if that's what you're celebrating. And just remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Claus. <laughs> Cynthia Bryan, aka Cynthia Claus, from Star Style. Be the star you are. Grabbing on to my sleigh bells right now, and onward we go. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas. Be the star you are.
1: Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www. StarStyleRadio.com You're invited to our power party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are. You are.